Absolutely miraculous. A white Christmas in L.A. Hasn't happened since 1949. Can you believe that? Hey, can we give one more hand to all of our students for starting off this Christmas service together? So good. Welcome to New Story L.A. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here. And today we are celebrating the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. And of course, uh, this is a, a very special day. It's a very special Sunday because we're celebrating. As a matter of fact, uh, before we go any further, do me one favor. Turn to another friend right near you and say, Merry Miraculous Christmas. Go ahead. One more friend. All right. So good. So good. You guys look and sound great, okay? Well, you know what? For the past several weeks, what we've been doing is we've been focusing on the miracles of Jesus, right? We talked about Jesus healing the blind man. We talked about Jesus feeding thousands last week. Uh, but today, today as we celebrate Christmas, we are actually, we're engaged in the whole miracle of Jesus, right? I mean, why is Jesus such a big deal in the first place? And to get us started on the right foot, what we've done is we've asked our lovely sister, Mariah. Can we give Mariah a big hand? She's been reading the scriptures for us this entire series. Uh, and she's going to, I believe, read us a classic text, a classic Christmas text from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, I believe. And you can take it away, Mariah. Thank you. Okay. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. There will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone unto heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. 
at that what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. He was named Jesus. The name of the angel had given him before he was conceived. Amen. Can we thank Mariah one more time? So good. Classic, classic Christmas text. And you know, I love that passage. I mean, You're good. I love that passage uh, because here's the deal. It actually describes the classic uh, Christmas scene, right? We're talking about shepherds in the fields, right? An angel of the Lord appears. Uh, Joseph, Mary, and this baby Jesus are lying in the manger. I mean, this is the classic original nativity scene, right? How many of you, actually, a quick question, how many of you actually have a decorative nativity scene uh, set up in your home right now? Just go ahead and raise your hand if you have a decorative, yeah, right, okay, a number of us, right, exactly. I have one too, all right, this is the one, I think, yep, this is the one in our home, right, went on a missions trip recently to Rwanda, and that was hand-carved, made out of wood, very precious, very beautiful, love that, right, and we all have these nativity scenes around us, and this is actually the very first scene. Now, here's, here's the deal. When you combine this nativity scene uh, that Mariah just read from us from the Gospel of Luke, when you combine everything that we just heard there, everything that we just experienced with this one particular verse in the Gospel of John, it's just one verse. It's a Christmas verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Gospel of John. And it says this, John chapter 1 verse 14 says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Let's read this one more time together in one voice as one church, okay? John chapter one, verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now, when you take that one verse and when you combine it with what Moriah just read for us in Luke chapter two, what you might have when you combine those is something like this. shall rise out of Israel. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Oh, son. Your son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. So powerful, huh? 
You know, the Gospel of Matthew actually describes it this way. Matthew, verse 22 says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him, what will they call him? Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. They will call that baby Emmanuel, which means God with us. Church, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, Emmanuel. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God with us. That's right. You see, friends, another name for Jesus, another name for Jesus is Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And so, friends, I want you to think of it this way on this Sunday where we celebrate Christmas. I want you to think of it this way, that there is no greater miracle that Jesus ever did, uh, greater than anything, any miracle, any miraculous event, any miraculous performance that Jesus ever did. And I'm talking about turning water into wine, healing the paralyzed, the deaf, the mute, the bleeding, the, the possessed with demons, more miraculous than calming the storm or walking on water, more miraculous than feeding thousands upon thousands, more miraculous than anything Jesus ever did is who Jesus really was. More miraculous than anything Jesus ever did is who Jesus really was. He is Emmanuel, God, with us. That's the most miraculous thing. You see, Jesus is actually God in the flesh. Do you understand that God literally put on skin? He literally put on skin and lived among us. But not only that, God with us means that he sees you. He, he sees you in your best moments, and he sees you in your most painful and worst moments. He's with you in your loneliness. God is with you in your depression. God is with you in your pain. God is with you in your struggles. God is with us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that, my friends, that is the most miraculous miracle of them all. The fact that the creator of the universe and everything you could possibly think of, the creator of thought itself, the creator of the universe, that he would step out of heaven into time and space. God stepped out of heaven and into time and space to be with his created. You know, some of the fancy pants people call this the theology of incarnation, right? The theology of incarnation. And I first learned about the theology of incarnation from a goldfish, not quite as big as this one, okay? <laughs> but a goldfish nonetheless. Actually, I learned it uh, from reading 
Uh, this classic book here, Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey, one of my favorite Christian books of all time. Okay, it was one of the first Christian books I ever read, actually, outside of the Bible. And uh, in it, he has this little portion where he actually describes uh, his relationship with his pet goldfish. And I, I want to read you uh, an excerpt from it here. He says this. He says, quote, I learned about incarnation when I kept a saltwater aquarium. Any of you guys have a fish? Anyone? Pet fish? Okay, a number. Oh, all right, a number of you. Oh, you in the front row right there. Okay, all right, great. Management of a marine aquarium, I discovered, is no easy task. I had to run, check this out. I had to run a portable chemical laboratory to monitor the nitrate levels and the ammonia content. I pumped in vitamins and antibiotics and sulfa drugs and enough enzymes to make a rock grow. <laughs> I filtered the water through glass fibers and charcoal and exposed it to ultraviolet light. You would think, you would think in view of all the energy expended on their behalf that my fish would at least be grateful. Not so. He continues, every time my shadow loomed above the tank, they dove for cover to the nearest shell. They showed me one emotion only. Fear. Although I opened the lid and dropped in food on a regular schedule three times a day, they responded to each visit as a sure sign of my designs to torture them. I could not convince them of my true concern. Yancey continues, to my fish, I was deity. I was too large for them. My actions to them incomprehensible. My acts of mercy, they saw as cruelty. My attempts at healing, they viewed as destruction. To change their perception, listen to this, to change their perceptions, I began to see, would require a form of incarnation. <laughs> he finishes, I would have to become a fish and speak to them in a language they could understand. That is an incredible insight, is it not? Uh, to drive this home, let me ask you here, does anyone here have pets? Raise your hand if you have a pet of any kind in your home right now today. Okay, awesome. All right, this is, this is a lot of us, all right? Here's, here's what I want to do. Kids, all the students in here, okay, uh, parents too, I guess you can get involved. Last uh, nine o'clock service, we had Jim. He's got a bunch of rabbits and he was yelling. So anyways, here's what I want you to do, okay? If you have a pet in your home, okay, I need a favor from you, all right? Especially all the students in here. I need you to shout as loud as you can the name of your pet. I wanna hear it when I count to three, okay? I've got a gift card. I've got, I've got a gift card right here, okay? for an undisclosed amount of money, okay, that I will give to the person who shouts out the name of their pet as loud as they can when I count to three, okay? All right, so students, kids, I need you to do me that favor. Parents, I need you to do me a favor as well. When I count to three, close your ears, okay? That's, that's the favor I'm asking of you, okay? All right, you guys ready? You guys ready? I need you to tell me, shout out the name of your pet, as soon as I count to three, okay, I will give this to the loudest person when I hear the name. One, two, 
three. Oh, okay, 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 all right, okay, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, okay, 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 that was something, okay, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. The problem is you all were about the same volume, okay? Oh, by the way, this is a great time for me to remind all the adults in here, we need volunteers for student ministry, okay? Because <laughs> otherwise, every Sunday is going to be like this. You see what I'm saying, okay? So anyways, okay, I'll just throw that in there. Okay, all right, one more time, okay? You all had the same volume, okay? So I need you to really just, you need to yell your pet's name louder than the person that is yelling it next to you, okay? Just we're going to do this one more time on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, oh, okay. Okay, that, you cheated. I'm going to give it to this young little girl right here. Here we go, here you go. <laughs> that wasn't bad, that wasn't bad. Very good, very good. Well, you know what, I think that's awesome. Here, here's the deal, okay, here's the deal. Uh, in our little Kang gang of five, all right, in our little home, uh, we have a pet of our own. I don't, I don't need to yell it to you, okay? Our pet's name is Jersey, and I'm gonna invite Jersey to come on up. I, actually, my three girls, come on up, girls, come on. Hey, can we give them a big hand? They might be a little bit shy. These are one of the trappings of being a pastor's kid, okay? You get to be a part of the illustration. They're, they're, hey, girls. All right, and here's Jersey. Oh, hey, boy. Okay, all right, okay. Now, uh, here, here's the deal, okay? These are my three girls, 14, 12, and 10. Uh, well, you'll be 10 in a couple days, right? Okay, uh, 14, 12, and 10. I know my kids. Don't judge me, okay? I, I know. I know what's happening, December 27th, right? Okay, and so anyways, uh, I love my girls. I would take a bullet for my girls. I would do anything for my girls, okay? Uh, and, um, but I'm not a pet guy. Okay, I, yeah, that's cute. Okay, oh my gosh, look at the girls. You used to, this was you. This was you four years ago. Look how, you look like cherubs. Okay, so anyways, so I love my girls, okay? I would do anything for my girls, okay? Uh, but I'm not a pet guy, okay? I, don't judge me, okay? I don't, I'm not a big animal guy. I didn't grow up with animals. They're, they're kind of like, for me, I'm too frugal, so I'm just kind of like, why are we spending money and all that? So I, I, I get like, oh, okay, so I'm not a big pet guy or anything like that, but, but my, my girls, myself, uh, my wife, we're all born and raised in New Jersey, okay, on the East Coast. Four years ago, we felt God calling us to the West Coast, and uh, everybody was just crying. Do you girls remember the day I told you that we were moving to California? Yeah, you don't, you, oh, you weren't crying. You, you and I were the only ones not crying. Mom and Allie and Nora, you guys, girls remember crying? Am I embarrassing? I don't want to embarrass you. Okay, so anyways, uh, so I made them a promise. Do you girls remember the promise I made? What was the promise? A dog. A dog. And Walt Disney passes. Yeah, okay, yeah. You got, you just already, you're not even listening anymore. You're not, Disney passes. Remember that? That was actually more expensive. Anyways. Uh, okay, girls, that's, that's enough. You, 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 you take, take the dog. Oh, what happened? Did he pee? Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, his treat. Yeah, give him his treat. Okay. Hey, give the girls another round of applause there. Okay. And so, anyways, I bring them all up here, okay, and I show you that, okay, because, you know, I made a promise to them, right, that I'm going to give them a dog if, we, if they, you know, if they muster up the strength and courage, stop crying, all that stuff, right? And we, we moved out here, and they finally got the dog, and here's the deal, okay? I am not a pet person. I'm not a pet person, but everyone else in my house is a pet person. Everyone. 
Erica, and all three girls that you just saw, okay? They all love pets, okay? And my love for them outweighs my unlove for pets, okay? Does that make sense? Okay? But here's the deal. Uh, Jersey and I are the only males in our house, okay? We're the only... And sometimes he thinks he's the alpha dog. Does that make sense? So, I, so what happens is, and especially, it doesn't happen as much now, and, I'm, and I'm, I had to get them off stage before it did happen. Sometimes what happens is, uh, when I walk into the house after, uh, you know, at the end of the day, right, after work, I come in, I come home, say hi to the girls and everything like that. What Jersey will sometimes do, it's a, it's a technical term, it's called submission, submissive urination, Okay submissive urination. What he does is, because he recognizes that I'm the alpha, he submits, he goes on his back, shows me his belly, and he wets himself, okay? This is like true, like some of you, you understand, you, you're experiencing this, and so it's the most annoying thing, right? Because it's like, I, I want to be kind to him, right? I want to love him, I want to, I want everything to be normal, but as soon as he sees me, he goes on his back and wets himself, right? So it's just like so frustrating. So it's like, I have to, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I'm trying to love you, but oh, and I, I, and if I go closer to it, it just wets itself more, right? So like this whole thing is happening, right? Now, some of you are thinking to yourself, what is he talking about? What kind of church is this? You know, I heard last week he was talking about holy mackerel and they were giving out, you know, tuna fish sandwiches during the middle of service. I mean, what is this? Now he's talking about goldfish and puppies. Is this Noah's Ark? What is actually happening here? Right? I get it. I get it. Some of you may be thinking that, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. Um, here at New Story Church, okay, one of our core values is that we will do anything short of sin. We will do anything short of sin to help people understand the ancient texts that point to an eternal Savior that is Jesus Christ. And I go through the troubles here to show you, bring up the dog and all that stuff, the goldfish, all that, to remind you that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. You see, one of the main points for today is this. Christmas, more than anything, is a celebration of God becoming man and dwelling among us. Emmanuel, God, with us. He's with us. In other words, I see some of you jotting notes. This is great. In other words, the most spiritual thing Think about this now. The most spiritual thing God ever did was actually become a physical baby who would live a physical sinless life and would die a physical sacrificial death on a cross to pay for your sins and mine. If you're jotting down notes, just jot down this one sentence. I can summarize it in one sentence. The most spiritual thing God ever did was become a physical baby. The most spiritual thing God ever did was become a physical baby. Because once it became a physical baby, 
That set the wheels in motion to live a physical blameless life and to die a physical sacrificial death for your sins and mine. The most spiritual thing that God ever did was become a physical baby. And so sometimes, friends, are you tracking with me? Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do, sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is something very what? Physical. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is something very physical. Like hugging a friend in the name of forgiveness. Like volunteering in Jesus' name. It doesn't have to be for a church. I'm just talking about lending a hand in the name of Jesus. Volunteering in Jesus' name. Out of the love and understanding the love and grace and mercy that he's given you. And oh, I want to take that love and I want to, in a very tangible way, lend a hand in Jesus' name. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is something very physical. Like maybe listening patiently. That's very spiritual. It's very physical because I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes you're talking to someone and I'm just being honest, right? Sometimes I'll be talking to someone and I'm having ideas in my head and I know exactly what I'm going to say next, right? And so I'm not really listening to them. I'm just waiting for them to take a breath so that I can interject what I want to say, right? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm the only one that does this. Whatever, okay. <laughs> right? But sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is very physical. So sometimes... Just being able to listen patiently. Friends, during this, a lot of you are on Christmas break, right? A lot of you maybe have a day or two off from work. You'll be spending that time with loved ones and family. Let me challenge you. Do yourself a favor and something very spiritual and try to patiently, quietly listen to what your family member, what your friend, what your neighbor is saying. Sometimes doing something very spiritual involves the very physical, listening patiently, speaking graciously to one another. You see, the reality is a human being, the reality is a human being becoming a goldfish or even me becoming a cockapoo, okay? I've been called worse by better, okay? But anyways, all right? The reality is a human becoming a goldfish or a human becoming a dog is nothing compared to God becoming a baby. I wish sometimes that I could become a dog and tell Jersey, Jersey, relax, okay? Stop wetting yourself. I love you, okay? This is a house of love for you. All we do is provide for you, okay? By the way, your haircuts are more expensive than mine, okay? I mean, why, why are you so scared? All we do is love and provide for you. I wish sometimes I could become a dog and talk to my dog like a dog would talk to another dog. But we can't do that. But Jesus becoming a baby, it's even greater than that. You know, later on, Philip Yancey wrote this. He wrote, the God who created matter took shape within it as an artist might become a spot on a painting or a playwright, a character within his own play. God wrote a story. God wrote a story. Only using real characters on the pages of real history. The word became flesh. And that's the new story 
that we celebrate today. Why? Why did God dwell among us? Why did God come as a baby? Why did God put on skin in order to speak our language? To live and walk and breathe and eat among us. And so Jesus, by physically living the perfect, sinless, blameless life that we could not live, Jesus, by physically dying a sacrificial death to pay a debt that we could not pay. Jesus, by becoming physical and living physically and dying physically, made good on the Old Testament prophet about a Savior who would one day spiritually and miraculously make us all clean in the sight of God. Isaiah says this, Come now, let us reason together. Let's think about this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, though they're as bright red and a deep red like scarlet, they shall be white as what? Snow. Did you know that because Jesus came physically and lived a perfect physical life and died a sacrificial physical death, did you know that he can take your scarlet sins and make them white as snow? And friends, that is the most miraculous miracle of all. Amen? Amen. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite the band to come on up again. Lead us in these two last songs, okay? And as the band is coming up, here's what I want to do. I want to say this. If you're here today and you want Emmanuel, God with us, if you want God with you always and forever, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray a short prayer, and I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me in the quietness, in the silence of your own heart. You don't have to be audible. It doesn't have, no, one's gonna, no one has to hear it, okay? But if you want this Emmanuel, God with us, always and forever, every moment of your life and your afterlife, then I'm going to pray a short prayer and you repeat the words that I'm praying in the silence of your own heart. If you're someone here and you already love Jesus, you follow Jesus, awesome. Pray for this moment. Join me in praying for this moment because we have many people receiving Jesus for the first time today, okay? So with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to pray real quick. Repeat after me if this is for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus into this world. I believe Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. I believe I am a sinner, but that Jesus died for my sins. I believe I have new and eternal life through Jesus alone. I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.